Drip so ladies and sapiperos, welcome to another episode of Chloe Talk. Today I have a very special guest. Before I introduce you to him, I'm gonna roll the intro. Alright, thank you for tuning in. Um, today's guest is um when a good friend of mine. He goes by the name of Prince. Kimripsu, everybody. Hi. So, Prince, um, uh, you used to be a monk. That's how we met. So, um, yes, yes. you want to just go give give a head, um, give a little intro of how a little oh, tell sure. about yourself, how 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 you got into monkhood, but start with like you know your upbringing. For sure, for sure. Um, so I'm originally from Tukwila, Washington. Um, it's it's kind of south of Seattle a little bit. Um, so from Washington State. Um, shout out to everybody from Washington State. Um, and also, you know, Helen Chloe over here with, uh, you know, the Seattle cap there, uh, the Supersonics, you know. You know it. Um, but I'm originally from Tukwila, Washington, um, Cambodian-American family. Uh, both my parents migrated from Cambodia in uh, 1980 and also 1982. Um, my parents met here in um, Seattle, Washington, uh, in Holly Park, actually, uh, where a lot of uh, Cambodian folks are from. Um, so for me, I grew up um, in Tukwila, Washington, and my parents uh, were very invested in the Khmer culture. And so, um, you know, aside from my public school, I would go to Khmer school on Saturdays. Um, and Saturdays and Sundays, my mom would always take me to the monastery, whether it's going, you know, to Khmer New Year's or like Pyongban or any other, you know, ceremony that's happening at the, the Khmer Monastery. So, you know, my parents would always bring me there. So I was always around uh, the Khmer culture. But for me, I never really spoke Khmer. Um, I could understand. I was one of those kids who couldn't speak it, but could always understand it. <laughs> so I always understood when, you know, the yay yay is talking about me like, ooh. Or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, I heard that many times going on. Yeah, it's right. like the Khmer American story because we are so Americanized starting from school, going yeah. straight to school and learning English, and then we were too good for ESL because our English was, you know, was on fleek, you know, right away. Right. So, right. Right. so we gradually just kind of like click BSA Khmer, as my mom would say, you know, we, yeah, it just yeah. happens, you know, like so. But yeah, um, but um, were you born in Seattle or uh, so Khmer? Yeah, I was actually born in uh, in Seattle, Washington. Okay, so you're American citizen. <laughs> I'm American citizen. Yeah, which, which became somewhat of a of a problem when I when I moved to Cambodia. So. Oh, okay. Wow. So, what was it like growing up in Tukwila or South Seattle in general? That's actually where my family's from, so I know all about Seattle. Yeah. South Seattle. Um, Tukwila's, you know, Tukwila's, I think Seattle as a whole is, is very diverse. Um, when you get into Tukwila, it's a little bit more diverse. My my school, my elementary and middle school that I went to, uh, we had a very diverse class. And so it was always, you know, either Cambodians with the Samoans or the Mexicans with the Samoans or the Blacks and 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 whites and you know latinx it was just it was the whole bunch of different mixtures of, of races ethnicities and cultures all combined into one so um that gave me a lot of 
I guess, a lot of exposure to different cultures at that time, which was, you know, ended up to be a good thing. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. So you went to uh, elementary school and, um, and middle school. What was life like in like middle school? Middle school, <laughs> middle school for me was, I don't know. I felt like, so for me, I always liked hanging around older kids. So when I was in the sixth grade, I would be with seventh and eighth graders. And then when I was in seventh grade, I'd be with eighth graders and also, you know, freshmen or like high school students. So I always hung out with like the older people, which sometimes got me in a little trouble <laughs> to be honest, but you know, I turned out okay. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. So did you have a, did you have a lot of friends of like, um, you know, like a, of like a different mixed group of friends? Cause when I was in middle school and high school, um, most of my friends were like people of color. So did you experience any racism or did they have your back? Like how I grew up, I didn't grow up in Seattle. I immigrated there, but we moved to Kelso. So I, I did all my schooling in Kelso, a small town, two hours South. So for the, you know, for the most part, the, the people that are of color, we have each other's back. It's just like the only racism I experienced was from mainly from white people. I heard that's the first time I heard of like, you know, some racial slurs. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the same thing uh, for me and how I grew up. Um, all my friends had my bags, even my white folks, though. You know, mm -hmm. they, the white people in, in, in the group, in, in our friends group, you know, they would have our bags, too. So definitely, I had some of that, too. Yeah, um, it wasn't until, like, I got, you know, much older is when I learned a little bit more about racism. Do you think um, racism was... Uh worse then or is it worse now or is nothing has changed and um or just everything's being filmed now i think racism in terms of racism being better or worse i think it's more of what you just mentioned racism is getting filmed yeah. um i feel like nothing's changed but maybe getting slightly worse but um back then we didn't have any you know people going live or world starring people you know attacks yeah. from behind like you getting you know getting all kinds of racial attacks so I'm pretty sure it happened back then too. Maybe, maybe they don't even get caught. Maybe people got away with murder back then, you know? And I mean, that's the thing, like we just mentioned, it, it's just getting filmed now back then where, you know, cell phones and camera phones weren't as accessible, uh, but now they are. And so, you know, those things could have been, been happening, you know, back then, but now because the technology is more accessible and more advanced, we're able to see uh, kind of the, uh, the physical things that are happening. And, inside and outside houses so yeah all right may, may, the reason i brought up racism because it's what's been kind of bothering me like the last three yeah. four weeks and it's going on in the world so i i figure we you know we just tackle that subject early sure. and um i think racism will never go away everyone just gotta work together and see how we could unite and just fight racism you know as a whole but yeah. um yeah so um let's talk about high school like, did you have a high school or you went to Monkhood before high school? That's what I wanted to know. I didn't, yeah. that's a story I want to ask about. Right, right. Um, a lot of people uh, question about that, but uh, I never went to high school um, and I actually never finished middle school either. Um, so probably about in the middle of eighth grade, around spring break. So it was towards the end of the year, but around spring break, 
um, I left, I moved to Cambodia uh, to ordain as a Buddhist monk. Um, so never went to high school. Oh, okay. So um, why did you decide to become a Buddhist monk? I think there's a, a lot of um, factors that kind of led me and guided me to that decision. Um, I will say when I was much younger, uh, my brother, who uh, also, you know, grew up in our household here in Tukwila, um, he was kind of on the mischievous side of things. So when he was a teenager and in middle, in middle school and high school, he got into a lot of trouble. Um, and so my mom had decided to take him to Cambodia and have him ordain as a monk. Uh, and which he did. So in 2004 to 2006, uh, my older brother um, ordained as a Buddhist monk for about two years in Cambodia and returned back here to disrobe and continue on his life here. Um, so when I was younger, I saw that I lived with that and seeing my brother as a monk and also being pulled to monasteries uh, by my parents and being able to kind of see this different lifestyle of, of monks uh, versus civilians, I really, you know, became interested in, and that's kind of what inspired me um, to make this decision in becoming a monk. Um, what a lot of people don't know is that um, actually when I was younger, I was kind of bad myself too. Yeah. Yeah. To some extent, right? By nature, by nature. Yeah. 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 Um, so I was, I was a little, I was kind of bad too when I was younger. It wasn't that bad, but I was bad. Um, not enough for me to be sent to Cambodia. That was my decision. So I don't want anybody to mistake in that. Let me find out you were a gangster. Did, did you tell <laughs> did you tell gang, eh? <laughs> gang, eh? <laughs> That's my whole, uh, uh, my whole childhood. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what led me there. And um, before making that move in April of 2012, um, I was, I ordained as a, a, a Buddhist monk briefly here in, in Washington for about three weeks, um, just to kind of test the water before going to Cambodia. So your parents uh, had full support of it? They encouraged it or, um, or was it your decision that you're like, I want to be a monk? So it was my decision um, with a little help from my parents trying to kind of break down this idea of me, you know, being a monk in Cambodia. Um, but it was ultimately my decision. And my, my mom was very supportive of it. My dad was supportive for the most part. Um, I think over time though, he kind of was like, okay, when is this going to be over? Like They didn't realize how long it was. Cause like our entirety of our friendship, I'd known you were, you were a monk the whole time. And so yeah. last year at the community day is when shortly after that community day um, event that we, you put on, I found out you're no longer a monk. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, like, <laughs> I think, uh, nobody really knew how long I was going to be a monk for, not even myself. Um, the original plan for me was to ordain as a monk over the summertime, come back and start freshman year at Foster High School in Tukwila here. Um, but as I kind of moved closer to the date for me to return, uh, I actually really enjoyed being a monk and wanted to do it much longer. Um, 
which thankfully my my parents granted me that wish. But then again, my dad's like, "What is this going to be over? Like, is this?" <laughs> yeah, I get. <laughs> did, did he want you to have like a normal life too? He thought it was yeah, like a temporary, yeah. like he, maybe two year thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, you know, don't you want a normal life? You, uh, you got to experience what other teenagers experience. And mm. can you tell us what age? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Like, break down what age you started and until uh, what age you are now. Like. Yeah, so I went to Cambodia when I was 12 and ordained around 13 years old. Um, so I kind of had like had my birthday, my 13th birthday in Cambodia, and I guess that's when I would mark my my monkhood is at 13 years old. Um, and then I disrobed at 20-ish, yeah, 20, 21. Um, so for about seven, a little over seven years. Wow, so you didn't really have a normal teenage life, like you didn't. No, you didn't, yeah, you didn't get no. to hang out with friends. You didn't get to play basketball with your homies and all like that. No, no, not at wow. all. But I did make a lot of new friends uh, throughout mm -hmm. that that process, that journey. Uh, oh, definitely. You you got a lot of wisdom. I feel like I call you bong, but I know you're my phone by like ten years. But like like in my song, I said like even though I'm your bong, I still call you. No, even though you're my phone, I still call you bong. It's kind of like yeah. a respect thing. But I, I, I guess it's like it's it's common to say it in Sir Kamai, no matter how old you are, everyone's a bong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's 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 just, like you said, it's just a respect thing um, that we see within our culture. Cool. So, um, Buddhism. Let's talk a little bit about Buddhism. Okay. Yeah. So, growing up, you know, I, I've been wearing this Buddha chain from my mom since I was fifteen years old. I haven't taken off since. Even though I was, um, my family grew up Buddhist, I, I I just wear it out of respect for my parents. I don't really get in, like really get into like the teachings of it, or like I did a little bit of studying, like you know, on book, book reading the book, but I don't really like try to like remember all the the toll and all the other stuff. You right. know, just like I just go there pray when it, events, you know, both night go pray and that's and that's about it. I have a lot of respect for Buddhism, and I'm, I'm gonna still rock this Buddha chain because that's that's the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. you no, know, but I also believe like there's a God, there's like other religion. I respect other people's beliefs as well. So oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of similarities within other religions and beliefs uh, that according to, you know, Buddhism, it's, you know, I, for, for my, from my understanding and also my opinion is that Buddhism is not a religion and it's more of uh, kind of like a lifestyle um, of how you live. Like you can, you can be Buddhist and also still be Christian or you can still be Buddhist and still be um uh, Muslim or something like that. Um, and I've seen over, over my, uh, experience as a monk, um, even until now I've seen Muslims, Christians, uh, Catholics practice meditation, um, with, and practice, uh, other Buddhist teachings within their own practices of their respectful religions as well. So yeah, I, I think see that too. Yeah. Definitely. You know, at, at, at some extent, uh, all religions and beliefs uh, have the same goal, the ultimate goal, which is um, happiness, or in Buddhism, we have enlightenment, um, but we just have the different pathway of how to get there. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I totally agree. I, I, th I think people like, they, uh, they, they make life more complicated than it really is. I think knowing right, right. from wrong is, is, what, is what we're put on earth to, 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 to figure out, knowing right from right. wrong. And, it right. don't have to be any deeper than that. So if you do right, good things will happen, you know? Yeah, for sure. Thơ bốn, mình bốn, right? Ban bốn, that's what my mom said. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> I forgot about the bop part. <laughs> you only focused on when you forgot their bop too. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it, it's typical. I mean, like, I mean, I wouldn't say it's typical, but it's very common for people to forget about bop. You know, yeah, our, our bad karma and, and and just bad deeds because like we're all so focused on. You know, being good and purifying ourselves that we forget that there's that aspect of life that that actually uh helps us to balance between bad and good so indeed karma yeah. is real too i believe in karma definitely. yeah yeah oh yeah definitely so most of your being ordained as a monk you live in cambodia for the most part or did you split the time in america or how how many years did you do in cambodia and how many years did you do at the monastery in what, South, South Seattle or South Park? Yeah, so I split um, between America and Cambodia. The first two years I was in Cambodia, um, the first year I spent at uh, Wat Batom in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, uh, the capital. And then the, the second half of, of my stay in Cambodia was at Wat Viesbo, uh, past Chpampo, which is about like half an hour off of the city in Phnom Penh. Um, and that's where I really did all my schooling. Uh, for, you know, Buddhism. And after that, I moved back to America, um, where I stayed uh, at various temples, actually. I, I stayed at um, the Kent Monastery uh, in Kent, Washington, uh, Wapasang Khmer. And then I stayed at uh, the Sri Lankan uh, Monastery in Tukwila. I also stayed at the Beacon Hill Monastery um, in uh, Beacon Hill, um, and I ended my monkhood at Wat Kamarat Potiram in South Park. Um, so I kind of spread myself out, and uh, ironically, the South Park Monastery, Wat Kamarat Potiram, is where my brother also ended his monkhood as well. Mm. So I'm familiar with that temple because um, my family used to go to like, um, New Year events there in Bones there, so. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, they're you know constructing a new building. It's looking nice. And yeah, I, think, I remember oh, when we were filming um the Khmer New Year song video where you you know right. you yeah, were the unofficial right. camera guy. You know <laughs> now now we can tell people that you know you help with the camera work. Shout out to Prince. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was fun. That was fun. That was man. fun. We were. Yeah. I was. I was. It was cool to be able to bring out you know some lowriders for that video. Yeah, that was awesome. So shout out to Easy Does It. Shout out to Easy Does It. Kill right, yo. Yep. Appreciate you guys for doing that for me. What put that I'm I've been to that temple many other times too for like my um my own issues, you know, my the, yeah. the demons that I, <laughs> I had to go get like, you know, get blessed because of the you know, my whole episodes with the the come out just the cut and stuff, you know? Yeah. Oh, I mean it's a serious thing for a lot of people, um, that believe in it. It's a serious thing and so uh, a lot of people try to I guess you could say wash that away. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, my my thing is with that is like you can't really wash something away. I don't like. Have you experienced like, it yourself? Literally, you can't just you can't. It's just nothing that washes off for mm -hmm. you, and it's something that you gotta you, that you gotta do yourself. Uh, and like we just said, one by one, you yeah. know. I'll just just. I haven't had it in so long, so I think I'm in like the right state of mind. Like I haven't experienced it in so long. Like back in my teens, I used to get it almost every day. <laughs> Oh man, that, that's crazy. Yeah. That's my mom's like, it's because you can clean your room. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> it's funny how like it my could parents be possible, you know, with, like my parents be coming up with like random stuff to to blame it on, like mm-hmm. something that happens to you, and they'll blame it on something you do at home, like yeah, superstition. Yeah, superstition, and it's huge. Like, oh, Christ of God, that's because you didn't eat all your food last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we, I'm, I'm over here believing them, everything they say too. Like, hmm, yeah. makes me wonder now, you know? Oh, have you ever heard the, uh, the one that where they say if you uh, eat like sleeping, you're gonna become an alligator or something like that? Yeah, yeah, kapu, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. That's like one of the most uh, oldest ones in the book. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So, um. Buddhism. How long did it look, take you to like to learn to memorize like the the scripts, the ancient scripts? What's it called? Is it called a toll or is it something else? I mean, toll is uh, so toll is the equivalent. It translates to Dhamma, and Dhamma is the Buddhist teachings. Hmm. Uh, and the chantings of what I learned, it took me, you know, it took me a while actually. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie because. You know, I didn't. I didn't even speak the language when I went there, mm-hmm. and so it was even harder for me to learn. And when I was presented the books of like, here now you got to learn this, I was like, okay, how am I going to read this? Because I don't, I don't know how to read Khmer. Um, so my teachers taught me how to read and write Khmer. I put in hours and hours of work trying to learn. Um, so it took me about like. I'd say it took me a good year and a half to remember um, wow. what I did at that point. Um, and just a lot of reciting, reciting, reciting. I remember because because I was different, and I knew I was different. I wasn't like everybody else. I knew I was different. Um, I would wake up at uh, 3.30 every morning uh, to study and to recite Dhamma. Um, and I would go out 3.30 every morning, I wake up, I take my book up to the top of the roof where nobody can hear me, and then just start reciting as loud as I can the different chantings that I try to remember. Um, and also my, my homework from uh, poly school or whatever I was being taught. Um, so I, you know, I, knew, I knew I was different and I was like, I was determined to put in that work and woke up at 3.30, spent you know, about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and then come 5.30, I would start, uh, you know, getting ready for breakfast at 6 and then be in class at 7. So uh, I would not be able to remember all that because you're chanting for like, it feels like hours straight until your feet fall asleep. <laughs> right? When you're sitting down, it feels like hours. <laughs> you know, sometimes, like, to be honest, sometimes I have that same feeling as a monk. Not of like just like sitting down for a long time, but when the lead monk continues on chantings that don't need to go on longer, mm-hmm. but just continue to do so because that's what they're taught, you know, just right. to go in the order of that. Um, sometimes I feel like it's going to be forever because I've done ceremonies where we chant for like an hour straight. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, is this coming to an end soon? Or, <laughs> like, I, don't get me wrong. Like, I do want to be there. But also at the same time, my, my, my opinion is that we can do much more of explaining Buddhism, Buddhism rather than just chanting, you know. Right. Not saying that chanting isn't important, but uh, it is important. Uh, but moreover, I think, like, explaining the teachings is more important. So when I'm sitting there for, like, an hour, I'm just like, when is this going to end? So it could be, a, it's a mutual feeling between, uh, between people sitting at 
at the ceremonies and also monks sitting there too. Well, thank you for uh, you know, explaining. Um, what was like the most difficult thing being a monk? Did you, uh, did you have cravings or any type of feelings that you shouldn't be feeling or even cravings for food? Oh yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think the craving part is super normal. Um, and it's normal to everybody because, you know, <laughs> we're human. Monks are human. Like we're not, we don't, we can't fly. I mean, like I, I can't fly. I fly as a monk. Um, but monks are human too. So we have all the same feelings other people do, you know, civilians and lay people. We have the same feelings. Um, but because we're a monk, we have the opportunity and time to train our minds to think differently. So for me, one of the hardest things of being a monk was being a monk in the modern time in Cambodia because we had, there's so many like resources around us that, that lead to cravings, that lead to um, these, you know, just bad intentions. Um, or not necessarily bad intentions, but like the cravings and attachments to materialistic things. So for instance, for me, I was skinny and I didn't really like eating food. So craving for food for me wasn't wasn't like a really bad thing. Like I wasn't I wasn't really craving for food at night. Um, what I was craving for was like materialistic things like an iPhone or like a computer uh, while I was a monk, which was was bad. Um, and so I just had to, you know, just train my mind not to be able to need those things. And I think that was the hardest thing is just being a monk during this era. If you don't, not necessarily isolate yourself, but if you don't separate yourself from the two worlds, then you're, it's just going to be a longer journey and it's going to be tougher. Um, and so it's just like, yeah, it just, that was the hardest thing is just, you know, kind of having that all around you and people just kind of bugging you and poking you about it. Um, but again, it's just part of the journey. I'm glad you you mentioned iPhone. Like, um, we we live in a digital age where social media is what everybody uses, including religion now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah. uh, I think a couple years ago, you you and I and JL Jupiter, you booked JL Jupiter to help film you some uh, instructional videos on Buddhism, which I think is a, an amazing thing to do. Yeah. And did you have you? I heard you had some backlash between. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about some backlash within the the, the other monks in the in the, the monastery, saying that you know we're not supposed to use social media. You know, maybe um, I know I think they frown upon using like Facebook to to shoot videos, even if it's educational. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely uh, more than happy to talk about that. So I, I did get a lot of backlash, and even before we shot that video, um, I got backlash on me using just social media in general in general um, and, and just being on my phone in general because they thought it was they frowned they frowned upon me having a phone even though they had a phone too mm. um, and just being on social media so often shooting videos taking pictures um and all of that so i was and i think part of that was because and, and i could also be wrong with this but i was the youngest monk um there in the monastery and also the community of monks uh within mm-hmm. washington i was the youngest monk um i was also from america so for for them they possibly saw this as like oh he's from america 
he doesn't really understand the culture, uh, uh, the Buddhist aspect of being a monk. So, you know, he needs to learn more or whatever. Um, so again, I could be totally wrong, but this is kind of the energy that I got from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we got, I got a lot of backlash for shooting that video with you. Um, mm-hmm. because they just, they just thought it wasn't right for monks to be in front of a camera or mm-hmm. have social media and use it intensely. Um, but my thing is if you're having social media and especially if you're a monk, when you have social media, you have to use it for the right purposes. Yeah, um, I'm starting to see it more too, like from Buddhism, yeah. like, you know, on, on Facebook, there's other people going live, like Buddhist monks, you know, they, they go live too to teach. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And it's, and again, it just goes back to them being able to use it the right way um, and not uh, not misusing social media. Um, yeah, I felt like your intentions were pure, you know, like, yeah, it did. It did a good amount of numbers. Like, you know, the hundred thousand for like how to uh, greet a monk, you know, something as simple as that, which is really important. I think I think people right. like, you know, they see a monk, they, they, they get shy or they don't say nothing at all. And, it, and that's even more rude, you know, right, acknowledge right. them, you know. For sure. If you guys want to see that um, video, I'll put in the link in the description later. So it's pretty informational. And um, yeah, so that's a, I thought that was really cool of you to do, man. I support and, it. And it's something that I tried to do and I, and I tried to do now. Um, but it's something that I tried to do when I was a monk because I wanted to introduce a new idea on how to reach younger people within our community. Um, because when I was a monk and especially when I was growing up, I saw a lot of uh older people at the monastery and younger people being forced to the monastery. So like no young people really actually wanted to be there. And if they did want to be there, they didn't know how to interact with people at the monastery. So I wanted to create ways uh, of how to be able to address that and move forward with that. And that's why I took on social media um, and, you know, ended up creating a lot of video content that I put out on social media. Um, it got a lot of awareness uh, in and outside our community. And I'm just very grateful for it and for people to take out just the knowledge and wisdom of whatever I tried to share. Um, and of course, there's always going to be backlash with something. You can't please everybody, but I'm not here to please everybody. Um, exactly. I'm here to just be happy, make everyone happy um, and just lead people to the way of happiness, wherever that is for people. There was a time where like I couldn't find you on social media. I'm not sure if you deactivated or I, I noticed like a, a second IG page, like a Jess Prince or something. Like, can you explain what happened there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, I shared a little bit about this on a recent video I just dropped on YouTube. But so I took a big social media break um within probably the last like six to eight months um the reason why is because so for the for the folks who don't know um i recent i don't know if it's recent anymore but i disrobed uh back on june 25th 2019 um and so for me it was it was a little bit difficult for me to put myself out there um as a civilian and not have people see me as a monk anymore. I felt uncomfortable. I felt, I, fe- I just felt weird about it and didn't really feel comfortable doing a lot of things, being on social media, posting about anything. Um, so I just took a huge, huge break uh, for social media until just recently where I kind of just felt like I, I bounced back from that 
and now, you know, being a, a basically a complete year now as a civilian, I feel more comfortable using social media. So I created a second account, Just Prints, for my photography. Uh, for the folks who know me, you know, who, who know me well, um, I've always loved cameras. Um, and as a monk, I, I used a camera to be able to film, you know, content. Um, and so I, I use Just Prints as more of a personal page, as a, as a photography page, so people can, you know, kind of uh, catch up with my photography and my account now at Princeton one is, you know, for more of still on Buddhism stuff. Cause I still want to be able to teach that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was a huge break. I just didn't feel comfortable with a lot of things. I, I didn't go out much for the first probably like six months. I stayed home a lot. Um, it was different. It was different. Yeah, so if you guys are watching, like, you know, it's okay to social media detox, you know. Sometimes you got to take a break from social media, so I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I I haven't gotten to the point where I had to, like, deactivate my page. I just stopped posting for a week or two, and then I'm I'm back. <laughs> but um, some people, you know, sometimes you just got to, like, detox from the internet, you know. Yeah. Go, go live life, go outside, go, go reminisce, go to the beachfront write something down you know how difficult was it transitioning from being a monk to a civilian like like how was it like did you feel like a whole new person like relearning things yeah i <laughs> um i don't know why but this just this experience just popped up in my head where um so for the folks who who don't know um monks um, and I would say more recently in a modern day, monks aren't allowed to ride bikes or motorcycles depending on uh, the region of, uh, of their residency. But Cambodian monks uh, mainly are not able to ride bikes or, or, or drive or anything like that. Um, so I haven't rode a bike or rid a bike for roughly like seven or eight years and uh, probably after a couple months, I disrobed. I was home, and I was like, you know, I gotta, I want to kind of ride this bike. It's summertime. It feels good outside. I want to ride, but then I got on the bike and I was like, I don't know how to ride this bike. Like, <laughs> I, I, felt, I took like, I did one push. I didn't even pedal. I just did one push, and I was like, I was so unstable, just. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to try this later. So uh, after after a few tries and a couple of days, um, I, you know, I was able to ride a bike again. Um, still haven't rid that much, but uh, it feels a little bit more normal than before. Um, but to answer your question, I think it was definitely really different. It was It was like this huge culture shock of me not being able to do things and then now being able to do things um and i guess i don't i'm not sure if like not able to and able to is the correct terminology to, to use in this instance but i guess you would say i had boundaries as a monk as i do as a civilian but much stricter uh, and so when i left monkhood and transitioned into the civilian clothes now i have this freedom of things that i can do for instance like eating at night um I was able to eat at night and it was 
it was really different for me because I was never accustomed to eating at night or eating a meal after 12. And so the first time I ate at like six or 7 PM, I was, I felt like really guilty in doing so. It was, it was, it was mad weird. It was, it was different. And it was just yeah. a whole different culture for me. It was like, it's a whole different lifestyle of things I would be able to do and would not be able to do. Um, so it was, it was different. I was actually just about to ask you, what was it like going from one meal a day to like three to four meals a day, like regular people? So, yeah, so that I was think, hard. did you yeah. feel like, did you feel like it was unhealthy or you ate healthy? I mean, for the most part, my food is pretty healthy, but like, um, I'm pretty sure you like burgers and stuff too. Like the Jack in the box, you know, you gotta treat yeah. yourself, you know, guilty, I mean, guilty pleasures. Right. I think, I think growing up in America, you're, that, that's something that's just, uh, prone to you is like you like fast food you like hamburgers and hot dogs and french fries and all those things and i'm not going to speak for everybody but you know for me myself i did enjoy those things uh, but as a monk you know i definitely cut down i wasn't really eating fast food that much but as a civilian now you're able to now i can eat at night but something that i kept in mind was that and this is like the first six months but i i kept in mind where i'm like yes i have the ability to eat at night now but i also have the ability to reject that and decline that that idea of like okay we can eat at night we can snack all day you know do this and do that um for me i was like yeah i'm not sure if i want to do this and then I started eating and I was like, cool, I kind of like this. <laughs> and, you know, I started to work and I would come home, you know, after working eight to 10 hour shift and just be, you know, super hungry. And at that point, not even want a snack. I just, I want something to eat. I took advantage of that uh, opportunity. And now it's like, everything is normal now. It's been a year now, so it's normal. It's normal. That's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's what I wanted to know. What's your favorite Khmer food? I didn't ask you that. What's your favorite Khmer food, Prince? The world favorite Khmer food. Everybody wants to know. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. That's like a really tough one. Yeah, I give, uh, them, about, I give them about three because there's so many. But I, I have my top. You know, I always have my top. Salamachu Krung. Salamachu Krung is pretty good. Like, mm -hmm. that, you can't go without that. Um, I will say, like, this is... I'm not sure if, like many people would put this on their list but i like cha takun oh yeah the good is pretty good um and uh lok lat oh yeah that's that's one of my favorites too can't uh, go wrong with that lok lak yeah and <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's funny there's, there's pronunciations mm -hmm. and like uh, sorry to go off topic here, but like, you know, just on the over here, your music, you combine both of those. You combine, you know, English, Khmer, English, whatever yeah, you want. Yeah, English. I call it Khmer English because I feel like that's like the, the typical Khmer American story. Like, yeah, we're, we're very much different, but we are very much alike. The way we conversate with our friends and family, I kind of make my mom meet me halfway when it comes to communication. Like I, I mix it with English and Khmer, and she's gonna have to like, ma, what's that? What's that? What's the, what's what's hooks up? Ma, what's hooks up? Let me, you know, sixteen. <laughs> you know, like you know, right, right, right. So like you know, she 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 she's learning a little bit of English, and I'm learning some Khmer. So it's like meet me halfway, mama. We're in you know, we're, right, right. we're in America now. So oh yeah, absolutely. 
So, but uh, yeah, I think uh, it's never too late to learn. Though I do want to like improve my vocabulary and Kamai. There's like online resources now where there's a weekly Kamai classes that people do. Kamai organizations on Facebook. So like, I'm gonna tune in one of these days and start learning the basics. And you know, it's okay. never too late to learn, man. Yeah, sure. I definitely agree with you. I think you know, I tried a, uh, I tried teaching Kamai at one point, um, and it was like, it it just didn't turn out right for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to teach Just like, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I feel like I'm not a good teacher. Uh, and so I just left that for other people who are doing, you know, schools and stuff like that, but I still sell, um, you know, products that, that, uh, kind of introduced, uh, Kamaya. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Let's talk about some of your business ventures. Let's talk about, um, you want to talk about, um, Sa-Kamaya. what's it called? Sa-Kamaya? Yeah. I didn't know that was you. So I'm I just yeah. now finding out that's you. So. Congratulations on your business venture. That's important, you know. Yeah, um, I wanted to start Sakamai uh, for a while now, actually, because I I have a whole bunch of you can't see right now, but like around me right now too, I have like a whole bunch of Kamai product like that I brought from Cambodia and have like a whole bunch of it. And for instance, uh, like the Kamai dictionaries that I, I put out a while ago, I probably have like 20, 30 copies of those. Um, oh wow. But like I wanted to start Sakamai because uh, not only not not just to get rid of my stuff, but I wanted to empower my artists out there in Cambodia and and support them with their efforts in sustaining uh, uh, an affordable living for them, and also to put my artwork out there uh, in the world. Um, and I really wanted to emphasize this was within also our Khmer community. So I took this opportunity of Sakmai and turned it into something much larger, uh, whether it's not just focusing on Khmer art, but it's just focusing on everything Khmer. Um, so if it's made by a Khmer person um, and it, it supports, you know, Khmer culture and it, it educates about the Khmer culture or has some connection, um, I try to put it on Sakmai. Um, and so I put out some artwork uh by this one artist is really really dope uh Ram Peng, i think is, that's his name uh, but he has like some postcards and some uh some bookmarks and some uh digital prints which are really really awesome um and i you know i, I saw this artwork it's different it's much different than the, the traditional artwork and so um, I wanted to empower him with that and really value his efforts in uplifting the Khmer culture through a more modern style of art. Um, but I still want to, you know, support, you know, other artists that are doing old type of artwork, like the one you see behind me right now. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I want that. I, you know, this is one of my favorite paintings here. I have a few more uh, just like these. Um, but I really wanted to start Sakmai to give more resources to uh, those who are trying to learn more about my culture. Um, and you know, I, the thing is, one thing that I learned as a transition from monk to civilian is that I can't always do everything for free, you know, um, and something like this, I want to be able to be, uh, valued for my time and my efforts in, in doing what I do. So, uh, that's why I decided to, you know, just turn it into Psakamai. Definitely. I support it. You know, make sure you guys support Psakamai. Uh, what's your, um, uh, social media handle for it? Or is there like a website or is that Instagram we could add and follow? 
Yeah, I will say like it's very, very basic right now. It, it's um, it's very, very small. There's nothing really professional about it right now. I just this idea popped up. But you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook uh, at PSA underscore Khmer, um, K-H-M-E-R. Uh, my not public service announcement. Kmai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, uh, tell the meaning of psi it means uh, market. Yeah, so psi, so psi means market, um, and so I wanted to make this a Kmai market for folks, and uh, you know, just thought I it goes back to the Kmingleish, you know. I just, dig it. Psi just Kmai. you know, intertwining the two. Sakmai. Um, what else um, besides work? I heard you're also working a job as well. So congratulations on your job. You've been you, you started working. You. Yeah, yeah. I started working back in um, November. Kind of towards like the end of November. Uh, but I work at a local food bank here, uh, Food Lifeline, uh, in the South Park. So been there since November uh, 2019. That's dope. Let me ask you, how did this pandemic affect you and um? How did you overcome that adversity? Yeah, um, I think like being an employee at a food bank, especially during this pandemic, has hit us hard. Uh, Our numbers like ran up, you know, crazy numbers. And so where we're pushing out, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds of food uh, every single day. Um, but I would say like the first week we had to shut down operations for a little bit cause we didn't, we didn't have a plan. Like we didn't know what, what to expect of this. And so, um, it, it definitely hit us hard. Uh, it hit me hard too. Um, in the sense where I'm, I'm now working longer hours to be able to serve the people, which I, I enjoy doing. I'm very grateful to be able to have a job. Um, and being able to go to my job still um, and be able to put in the work to provide food for the people who need it. Um, so for me, that was, I was, I guess you could say, I was very fortunate to not be hit as hard as many other folks uh, around me and all, uh, across the country as well. Uh, but I mean, it, it's not bad for me to work extra hours to be able to to do a good service to the community, um, which I'm very fortunate of. Yeah, so. but you're you're essential, man. We need more people like you that's helping people. You know, that's on the front line. You know, that's uh, um, in contact with the public. You know, it's, you take you're risking your life and stuff, and you know, out there in the field. You know, you never know. So there's even yeah. some people that's getting the COVID nineteen is hella real. So it's like people like try to downplay. At first, I downplayed. I like this ain't gonna last, and then. Four or five months later, we still here. So I'm like, yo. And then um, someone close to me passed away that I know from real estate. My real estate days. She's one of the sweetest persons. Rest in peace, Wendy. Who she died of COVID nineteen. So I'm like, wow. So this is like, you know, it's real. So people, man, wear your mask. You want to do your part. You yes. protect the people around you. You know. Yes. Yes. And I want. And I want to say just to add to that. You know, this wearing a mask is is not for you. Um, it's for everybody else around you. Um, so. Uh, indirectly, I guess it is for you, but definitely wear that mask when you're out in public. Wash your hands as as much as possible. Carry that you know small ball uh, bottle of hand sanitizer with you, um, and save people. You know, don't don't be someone who's who's gonna just just fight it because um, you can't fight death. You yeah. can't fight death. How do you pronounce your uh, your name, Prince? 
Is that a Khmer name? Who named you? Your mom or your dad, man? I, I've never heard. I've never met a Cambodian named Prince. The only Prince I know is the artist formerly known as. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, like, it's funny because I'm, I'm not exactly sure why my parents wanted to spell the way it is, but it's so it's spelled P R E N Z, uh, but it's pronounced Prince, just like Prince, just you know, like the royal family, Prince, Princess. Um, and my last name is Singun. Um, so I guess the story behind that, I've asked my parents several times. Uh, more recently, my dad told me a side of the story that I've never heard before, uh, which was that they wanted to name me Prince because I was also the year of the tiger. Um, so I'm, I was born in the year of the tiger and they wanted, they thought, you know, of course the tiger is a aggressive animal right as an aggressive animal so they wanted to something they wanted something to counteract uh, the aggressive side of me that they thought i was going to be growing up so they thought why not put him as a prince um so that's how my dad told me uh the side of that story and also i was the last child within my four siblings um and so that's my, that's where the prince came from. The way they spell that, I don't know. I think it looks cool, oh. man. It looks like a like a rapper like a rapper name, you know. Hey, right. They could be a rapper then now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I wish my name was Prince because, like, growing up, man, people made fun of my name. They couldn't pronounce it. The teachers, because my name is Ponit, by the way, for those that don't know, the teachers would be like Fanet because the P H, you know, Fanet. Right, they right, make right. fun of me, you know, like yo, I, I got you know, I I got made fun of in school, man. Sometimes I wish my name was like Michael or something, you know. But <laughs> now I learned to now I learned to love it because I feel like it's kind of a rare name. I only know one other Panet in this world, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it's, I'm pretty sure in Sukhmai there's a lot of Panet, 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 Panap. You know, my sister's name is Panah. So <laughs> even in, even in Cambodia, I, I don't see too many Panets out there. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think Panet is it's it's a unique name. It's unique. I, I like my name, you know. Um, my government, like my Facebook page, it's, it's all my government names out there. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not ashamed of my name. I keep it the same. Some people change their name to their alias, you know, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah. they'll be like, James Moneymaker Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> First off, that's against Facebook policy. <laughs> I was, I was seeing, you know, I was seeing you post one day. Where uh, you had said someone uh, like a tag name with tiny low two five three. Oh yeah, that's kind of like my my uh, my Cambodian uh, comedy skit alias. It's because um, it's just kind of poking fun of like uh, like um, you know like gang names. Like there's like yeah. in a not you know not to like make fun of them. It's just kind of like I think my character. It just it just it sounds it sounds really funny because when you because it's also like a I think of it as like a AOL screen name like you know how we used to have there's a lot of tiny looks and they'll spell it T capital T underscore I I mean capital ski small I N Y L zero C C and I put two five three because you know um Tacoma you know it's like you know Tacompton is like um the the city right down the street from Seattle and um I actually lived in Fife you know for like good two years when i did construction there so i'm like yo it just ha it just has it just rolls off the tongue kind of funny like you know like a, it would be a good uh 
comedy character for for help the chili brand, you know? Like if I wanted to do like a quick IG skit, you know, yo, this yeah. is Tony Love two five three and then it'll be like an like a nineties voicemail and I have like some old school R and B in the background, you know? Yeah. And that's what we did too. We used to sing on our voicemail, we played the beat. It's like back in the uh-huh. days when we had like that what's it called? Uh party line or whatever. It's like a free eight hundred voicemail that we would have where people could leave messages. Those were the times, man. You kids don't know nothing about that. You're leaving the generic voicemails now. Yeah, you leave, you're leaving actual voicemails. Sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. Leave a message. Beep. You know what to do. Beep. <laughs> Boring. We had four R&B songs in the background, you know? You know, we I'm had some lie. boys I'm to men. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, though. My voicemail is, that, is like that, too. It's, like, it's something like that. But I think not- my voicemail I think my voicemail is still stuck on like Vernable Prince and not not just Prince. Oh really? You you didn't change it? I gotta change that. My mom mm-hmm. called me the other day. And she got sent the voicemail and she said, uh, "You gotta change your voicemail." Still says Prince. You have reached Vernable Prince at what put it down? Try to come down and leave a message. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> you know what to do. <laughs> 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 oh man, that's funny. That's funny. What do you, What do you think about my comedy? Um, was any of that back? Let's go rewind back to um the backlash you had at the temple. Was it any of the backlash because of your association with Hella Chloe? Do they didn't know who I was, or because his name is Chloe? You're 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 bringing a bad uh name to the temple, and you're filming with a guy that's uh that's you know making my comedy. I also want to know like what the my uh the older heads think about me because uh. I actually had an experience when I did a show in DC. It was a kind of conservative crowd, old head crowd, but they were they were like, "Yo, this, you you you." They saw my older skit, the shit Cambodian folks say, and they said, "You know, I you know, I do some cuss words, you know." But then I didn't know it was gonna blow up, so they told me like, "Yo, no, don't do that kind of stuff. It's bad, you know, this and that." And uh, they thought I was gonna do like a be disrespectful on stage, but I did a whole different song that t- you know that told about Tadasa my O, and then then they, they flipped the tune on me like, "Oh, I like what you're doing," and then they changed it. So it's like once you get to know me, you got to get to know me because you know they they judge uh they judge off the first um what they saw you know right, right, they didn't know me as a human but um yeah. yeah is there anything that I need to know about the Seattle Khmer community? I am, think- am, am, am I am I shadow banned from Khmer events? What's good? <laughs> Should I change my name to Hella just for New Year so people will book me? <laughs> it's not. It's no longer be Hella Slay. It's gonna be Hella Sophia. Hell, it's a pip. I'm gonna change my name just for April. Hey, uh, this is hell, yeah, it's a pip. April, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's like for me when that backlash did happen. Uh, yeah, for, you know, when you mentioned it, I remember a lot of not a lot, but there were there were some folks like, why why are you with hell with Chloe? You know, that's a bad <laughs> name. He yeah. he must be Chloe. Why are you hanging around with him? Why are you mm. you know doing videos with him and stuff like that? and taking pictures with him and for me i was like you know Chloe is just the name it's it's just the brand name yeah. it's not the person you can't you can't affiliate the what the name is with the person um the person's yeah. personality um so there i mean there was a lot of backlash yeah, i'm not i'm not mad i actually want to know i already i already already know you know it's just kind of like you just know things like that but um yeah. like you said it's just the brand like i'm like the opposite like the reason why I don't change my name is because if I start something, I want I want to finish it. I don't want to be the name changer guy, right, right, right. and I'm gonna run with it. Like whether you know whether people like it or not, you know I'm not here to like you know <laughs> make you know not not everybody's gonna like me by default, right. you know. Right, right, by right. default, that's life, you know. People don't like me for like no reason sometimes. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yo, he he's cross-eyed. You know, screw him. You know, or you just point out some my flaws and stuff. Like, yo, I'm human, man. You, you, you know, it's a defect. I'm born this way. You know what I mean? So it was like, right, right. um, but for the most part, I have a good head on my shoulders. Like all all the teachings my parents teach me, you know, I take it too hard. Like I've never been to jail. You know what I mean? Like, I've never joined a gang. I I kind of like did everything they wanted me to do besides become a doctor. <laughs> Hey, Sorry, mom. I'm a rapper. <laughs> I think you know, as long as you don't go to jail, you made your you you made your parents proud. Like you you know you didn't get in trouble. You like you know you never you know. I think that's a pretty big accomplishment to never ever go. Yeah, for 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 Asian parents at least, you know, you know, my mom was the same thing growing up, and even now she says, whatever you do, don't get in trouble with the law. Um, and that's, that's what I was told when I was younger. That's when I told, she told me that again at 21, when 20, 21, uh, when I disrobed from being a monk to civilian life, she's like, whatever you do, don't get in trouble with the law. <laughs> that's, 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 life is, that's it. That's all yeah. they expect of us. They don't want no money. They don't want no, I owe my mom, my, I owe my mom so much, man. She's done so much for me. Like, I think yo. like, I think to some extent, like we all owe our parents, Everything. Something, you know, just like everything because of how much they supported us and, and mm -hmm. even just them giving us life, you know, it's something life. that you, we can't repay them. Like it's impossible to repay that debt. Yep. Um, there's no plan. Well, you know, there's no way I could pay you back, mama. <laughs> but my plan is to show you that I understand. You all appreciate it. You know, Tupac yeah. once said, Tupac. you know. Tupac. <laughs> so, yeah. You go, go ahead. Well, sorry. Yeah, I, was, I was gonna just say, just you know, I guess the only way to pay to pay your parents back from the teaching of Buddha is just to 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 lead them path to happiness. That's like really just cool. take care of yourself. That's what my mom say. As long as you can take care of yourself, my sabaye. I'm like, yo, that's thank you. I'm 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 good. I'm just gonna be healthy for my mom. You know. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you're their their kid. You're the, I'm I'm the youngest, so I'm like their baby. So it's like. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm like the I'm pride like, and joy, you know? Yeah. 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 And it don't matter how old I am. I'm 37, and my mom still lectures me, and I still listen like I'm 15. I'm like, <laughs> I take everything to heart. I'm like, bad, bad. She's like, come to casino. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't go to casino. I just go eat the buffet, but you know what I mean? I don't, because I right. did have a gambling problem, living in Fife, going to EQC and gambling my life away. My right there, you next to it. Yeah, so I did have a problem, but um, I promise you, mama, I'm never going to gamble at the casino. You know what I mean? I, I kind of kept my word for the most part, but I, you know, I, I would go there and uh, get the king crab on Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle shoot, I believe. The it's buffet fire. The buffet really good. Have I you been there for the buffet? I don't think I don't think I've been. Well, I think my my parents took me when I was like really young, when I was like ten or eleven. But I haven't been there since. I haven't stepped in stepped foot in the casino since. Um, so, are you open to it? Or are you still anti? Or do you feel like maybe you might? Are you? Are you? Do you care anymore? Like that people might might oh no, oh I I saw your son at the casino. I think my mom had surveillance on me because her homies would talk, tell my mom like I saw your son at the casino playing blackjack. Yeah, they, he then lost five hundred dollar. Then you can ask your mom like, what are your what are your, what are your friends doing at the casino for? <laughs> All right, um, but like for me. I'm open to it, but like I still wouldn't do it. Um, mm -hmm. I still wouldn't go to a casino to 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 be on any of the games or anything like right. that. I would probably go to for the to food. Eat. Oh yeah, to, to eat. eat to eat and to yeah. leave. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's to what I'm asking. Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I, I'd be open to, to eating because, you know, I like yeah. eating. I like food, so. Yeah, I think some of the best Northwest food could be found in the casino. Like, their buffet is a good deal. You can eat all the crab in the world for, I think, 30-something bucks. What do you think is, like, the best casino food? Where do you think is is the best? In Washington. Uh, in Washington? Um, Chronic and Davey, shout out to them. They took me to Snoqualmie Casino, and they had, like, a snow crab night. They, you know, the big snow crab legs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Delicious. 30 bucks, and we ate till we thunk man. Really? Ooh. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's I think it's on a certain day. You might want to ask one of them, Davey or Chronic. I think it's either on Tuesday or Wednesday. I forgot, but it was, okay. it was incredible, and, man, probably one of my best casino experiences as far as food. Uh, so that sounds good. Yeah. Have you been? Oh, you haven't been to the casinos, period. So, yeah, uh, definitely uh, check out Snoqualmie. Yeah. So, but, whoever want to take me there, I'm going to have to. I, I wouldn't go alone, though. <laughs> yo, friends and family in Seattle, you heard that. Um, Take my boy to the all you can eat buffet, seafood buffet, specifically Snow Crab at Snoqualmie, because it's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of Snoqualmie, have you been to Snoqualmie, the city? Yeah, I have been to Snoqualmie. Yeah. I, I noticed that you like to hike, which is cool, which I want to ask you. Will you take me hiking when I visit? Yes, for sure. Next time you – I think we planned that one time too when you came yeah. last yeah, I year. Think something it was happened, just, yeah. It was just too busy or like too so much busy. going on. I had so much you know, going on, different plans. Yeah. But um, that one picture that Davey showed me was like you was in like some – Secluded water area. I'm like, wow, that oh, looks yeah, amazing. Yeah. That yeah. looks like something you see off like a travel vlog. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, was that is that was that a is that a hard hike to get there or? It, you no, you know, it was actually not that hard of a hike. So the place we went to was was Heather Lake, and mm. Heather Lake is, uh, I think it's, if I remember correctly, is out east towards, uh, or not out east, uh, up north towards uh, Lake Stevens, um, and so it's about a, it's about a an hour and a half, two hours away. Uh, but it's a really good hike, uh, pretty moderate hike. Um, we were talking the whole way up, and it's a really beautiful, great view. Davey took a dip once we got there, um, so it was good. So whenever you come next time, I'm more than happy to take you on a hike. And for the folks who are living in Washington, too, uh, mm -hmm. who want to go on a hike, I'm more than happy to just, uh, you know, yeah. I'm more than happy to go out. And Washington State is so beautiful. It's the place for heights. We got waterfalls. We got we got yeah. lakes. We got everything. So that's what I love about the Great Northwest. There's views of the Mount Rainier. It's like, yeah. and you get the skyline. You can see the Seattle Space Line, the middle, and the mountain in the back. It's like, I think it's like the perfect city to like to raise a family. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a good yeah. city. Yeah. It's, a really, it's a really good city. I love it. And I love the weather here, too. It's never too hot, never too cold. Um, it's just right in the middle. And so um, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm very grateful to be to be here in Seattle and for my family to migrate here in Seattle. Yes, I miss Seattle every day. Yeah. It hasn't been raining like it used to, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, people uh, always think of Seattle as the rainiest city. Like, if they all check the stats... Of what's the rainiest city in the world? Seattle's not even top ten anymore. They got like Mobile, Alabama. So it's like they always people have their idea of Seattle is gloomy, suicidal, yeah. and rainy. I'm like, yeah. yo, that's not Seattle. You got to go there for yourself and check it out. Go there in a good season when it's nice. See, like when my, it's, thing, you know my I mean? thing is like, I don't, I don't really like when people talk uh, of, of other states or cities or or, or uh, uh, countries if they haven't been there before. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you haven't been to a city or a state or a country and you're talking about it, 
probably do a little bit more research or go travel there before you, you know, share your opinions about it because your ideas can change uh, mm -hmm. if, if you actually go experience it. And this thing with Seattle, um, I got a friend that just moved here um, from Texas uh, and he was like, yo, man, I've been here for a while, for a minute now. And, uh, you know, they, they say, you know, it rains a lot in Seattle. This is nothing to compare what Texas got. Texas, it rains hard out there. Their raindrops are probably the size of golf balls, too. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, so, like, yeah, it, it, it don't rain that much here, but uh, not compared to other cities. It rains for a reason. That's why our state is green. It's like a, you know what yeah. I mean? It's green because it gets the right amount of rain, you know? Nice, beautiful trees. Yeah. Some places don't even have trees, man. Some people live in the desert with no, no, you know, no, no trees. I'm very happy to be able to drive along the road mo pretty much anywhere in Washington and see the nature around me. So very grateful for that. Yes. Are there any states you want to visit? Like, do you wish to be some sort of traveler and, uh, and take your photography skills and take some travel photos? Oh, man, that sounds really good, actually. Um, last year, I did a, a mini tour. I went to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, Nashville, uh, Kentucky, came back to Seattle, and then went off to Minnesota. Um, and then after Minnesota, came back and went to Cambodia the same night. Um so it was like, I love traveling a lot. Uh, the one state I probably will want to go to, probably want to go back to is, is Florida. Um, just because of the tropicalness of that area. I don't know if that's a word, but the tropicalness of that area. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, and it's like almost the closest thing to Cambodia, I think. I could be wrong. Someone correct me on that. Um, but another place is New York. Uh, I, I would love to to go to New York. Um, uh, you're in New York too, yeah. right? Yeah, I live in New York, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, well, come visit me, man. You're welcome anytime. I'll be your tour guide. Yeah. Hopefully, the pandemic's over so we can go out, and hit the hit the subways, and show you. I'll give you the real New York experience. We'll go. We'll get on the subway. I mean, and um, we'll go everywhere. You know, from subway to subway, you can get anywhere in New York in under. 50 minutes 40 minutes uh -huh. like you go to brooklyn you get in all all five boroughs in under an hour that's the, that's why i love about the mta system which is our subway yeah. system yeah. that's how i get around even though my girl drives a car i still prefer the subway sometimes because sometimes you get there faster because traffic fast? in a car it could be congested on the traffic you know what i mean right. so i was like man and sometimes i get car sick but i don't get car sick inside the train this is weird it's <laughs> like I get all nauseous. Like, I don't know if it's the air freshener she uses. I get all like, you know, that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, New York. So whenever whenever this all clears up, I'm more than happy to go to New York. Um, I want to test out some hiking places in Colorado, too. Oh, uh, Colorado's uh, awesome. I was there yeah. in 2016 for Combined okay. Ninja, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was Combined Ninjas. They, they brought me out there, and it was a... Oh, yeah. It was an amazing experience. We actually hiked the rocky mountain like one part of the rocky oh, mountain yeah it was in the vlog so I, I did a whole vlog on it so it was pretty dope and at the time i was heavier yeah. so i like if i could do it weighing weighing that much i think anyone could do it that's why i want to do more hikes i feel like there's yeah. nothing i can't do like you have that sense of accomplishment going to the top of a mountain yep and yep. then the view the reward is lit like oh, you see it's, everything it's amazing yeah. and i think like that's 
that's the best part of, uh, of, of hiking is being able to get that experience. And, and once you get to that, that viewpoint where you want to be, it's, it just, it rewards. The money shot. Yeah. You make sure you bring your camera, man. I was like, yeah. your, your phone might not do justice. You got to whip out that lens. We got to get out that Canon, whatever you use and boom. Right, right. Phone is still good enough. I'm an iPhone. I might take hella good pictures, but I'm just saying, you know. For sure, for sure. Gotta get them pictures in. The event you threw, uh, the Cambodian Community Day, we brought, you know, yeah. yo, I'm blessed to be a part of it, and I thank you greatly for bringing me out there, you know, and um, it was a good experience, and, you know, I was hoping that we could run it back this year, but, man, you know, things change. This year, it's kind of like, it's we gotta changed. try again next year. I won't, I won't even say this year is canceled, because we still have a few months to, like, to go hard for ourselves, and, like, I think that that you know, the years canceled is like kind of like a garbage mentality, you know. Even though like the world seems like to be crumbling, we gotta like flip it and be like, "Yo, maybe I could start a podcast. Maybe I could like you know do you know start a new career, start a business. You know, like the go getters, they should turn this adversity and like flip it positively towards their life. You know, you for sure. For sure. feel me? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think you know that's what I try to do with with myself is like now I got a lot of time at home. I got to be able to use it somewhere. I got to put that energy somewhere. You know, when I'm quarantined, I got to put this energy somewhere um, and, you know, create a YouTube channel or something like that. Yeah. I actually so, I saw your video. That's why I hit you up right away. I was watching your video. I'm like, wow, this is, you know, I was like happy to see it. I'm like, yo, this is like, oh, like every time with your videos, you always have that quality. Like, um, can you tell me um, who shot it or is, did you shoot it yourself or like? I actually shot it myself. Um, I, so I set it up on the tripod. Um, I don't have all the, you know, equipment to, to make it. It was crispy, so man. You got it, man. It's like, it's really nothing to it. Like some people, I think our biggest thing is overthinking. Cause I have like yeah. a decent setup. I don't have like the most expensive gear, but I have a camera that shoots 4k, even though it's yeah. four years old, I, you know? I have decent lenses, you know, it's just yeah. a matter of just executing. Like to me, sometimes yeah. I get in my own way because I self doubt and, um, I, I, you know, I feel the fear, the, the, the fear of failure, you know, that's yeah. why sometimes I just have all these dope ideas in my head and never come out because I'm like, I, I already doubted myself. So now, now that's why I'm doing this. So I'm like, just do it, man. You just, just got to do it. And then that, that video looks good. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, just to go off what you said, I think you just got to do it and really trial and error. If you find mm -hmm. out that it doesn't work for you, then the worst that's going to happen is you just, you just stop doing it and try something else. You can always correct it too and see what you did wrong. Maybe you just oh, got to yeah. adjust your ISO, you know what I mean? Your aperture, you know, it could be an easy fix, you know, like, but for the most part, it looks, it looks crispy, man. It looks like someone shot it for it. Like you hired a whole team. Like it looks <laughs> like a movie you. almost. <laughs> thank you. Thank Cinematic. You, thank you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so anyone that's watching and they want to get into like photography, video, just just do your research. Go on YouTube. There's plenty of tutorials on how to learn. Yeah. That's how I learned most of my stuff. I learned how to do everything right off of YouTube, man. So yeah, just don't get discouraged and just don't overthink. That's my advice to yeah. the youth and advice to people that are aspiring content creators or they have you have a love or a dream for something. You just gotta do it, practice it, learn it. You know, just just repeat. Yeah. Definitely. It takes practice to become, you know, better. And uh, that's something that I try to do. And for anybody else out there, you just got to keep practicing and practicing. Never give up. Um, All right, Prince. I think we had a great conversation and we yeah, touched on a yeah. lot of hot topics. And I learned more about you as a person and I appreciate you for being my guest. And um, is there anything you want to say to wrap this up? Maybe have, give some shout outs, any, any, any people you want to shout out or anything you want to mention. So now's your time. Let's get it. 
I just want to, you know, shout out to everybody out there for, you know, being you and, and also helping me be me. Uh, I want to just thank everybody, all every all the supporters out there that support, you know, the Khmer culture, uh, that support me and what I do and all the work that I do. Um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, we definitely would not be able to be in this position without the supporters. So thank you, everybody. Um, and definitely subscribe to uh, Bong Helich Lewis, uh podcast here. Um, and also feel free to, you know, check me out on social media, um, just at Prince and One. Uh, I'm there. Anyone ever want to reach out to me, feel free to never, never be scared to reach out to me. I'm always going to try my best to answer your questions. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Bong. I appreciate you and I wish the best of luck in all your future endeavors. Stay positive, stay healthy, and keep being you, Bong. Oh, Kunchan. Oh, Kunchan. Oh, Kunchan.